Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today is December 21st, crazy enough, and uh, today is Thursday. We're talking about college, specifically rethinking college, um, talking about how, let's get that off there. There we go. Talking about how AI is um, perhaps going to disrupt it. Maybe this is the big disruptor we've been waiting for. God knows we need it. So today we have Beth, Andy, Jimmy, I'm Brian. Um, I know uh, Carl is out filling under the weather today, but maybe we'll see if we uh, we get Aaron or um, Robert in as well. So uh, I was saying before we went live, I said, guys, I'm, I've been waiting for this one. I've been leaning in like Jimmy for the for the, yes, uh, two days ago with the 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 gaming. Like I'm ready. I got my stats, um, but I don't want to I don't want to overwhelm or or, or um, you know, take over the the conversation. So what I thought, if you guys are okay with it, and, and I'm okay if you guys have a better idea, I would love to just start with some stats, some just some numbers, some data just to kind of mold this conversation. And then I would love to talk about, you know, maybe our personal experiences with it. Um, I, I'm in an ex, I'm in a position where my daughter is 13. So college is in the near future at this point. That's crazy to think to me, but I'm a, I'm a parent with a single child who are a single child and my wife and I are definitely planning for what her post high school experience is going to be. I won't even say college. I'll say post high school experience. So are you guys cool with me throwing out some, some numbers here? Go ahead. Perfect. Okay. Go ahead. And I'll try to make this short. First of all, I said this before, but I'll say it on the show too. Um, thanks to Perplexity on this one. We did a big deep in-dive review of Perplexity Net last Friday, and I haven't abandoned it. I said back then that I thought, wow, it's, it is really good for research. And I did some great research yesterday using Perplexity uh, on this topic. From my phone, very nicely formatted, was able to um, send it over to my desktop, and now I have it on my other screen. That's pretty cool. And that was with a free account. So just wanted to give a little plug there. Um, okay. This is US numbers, by the way, and, and this is just what I pulled up perplexity and just one more asterisk here, there is going to be a range. There are so many factors from financial aid and all that. We're just gonna look at some averages here. Okay, the average starting salary for a four-year degree um, is around 58,000. Again, US numbers, average starting salary. Get out of four-year degree, come from whatever, University of Florida, University of Georgia, you can expect to make around that much. All right. The average cost of a four-year degree currently, or this might be like 2021, 2022, 2023. I'm not sure how close it is, but for a public in-state, you're looking at about $104,000. Out-of-state, higher than that. Private, higher than that. Okay, that's that's pretty easy. If we were to look at the comparison, now that's, that's on-site. If we were to look at the comparison of what that might translate to, to an online degree, roughly half roughly half, maybe a little less than that, somewhere in the fifty to $60,000 range to get a comparable, but only online degree. My master's degree was online. So I, I, and that was way back in 2006 to 2008. It's gotten way better since then. But uh, that was, that was my experience. Meanwhile, concurrently, my wife was going to the um, Georgia State University and getting her master's degree to become a dietitian. She was on site and I was online and we had two unique experiences, but we were doing that at the same time in the um, mid 2000s. Okay, uh, one or two other things I wanted to pull into here. What were some of the other ones I want to talk about? Oh, I was just talking to you guys about, let me find it. Let me find it. Okay, there college degree lifetime. This comes, <clears throat> sorry, one more thing. Uh, Education Data Initiative put this out. The lifetime median return on investment, ROI, for the average bachelor's degree is nearly 
in the first 10 years, however, the ROI is negative 41.1%. Bachelor degree holders do not begin to see returns until they've worked full time for 15 years. Okay. So there's a lot more I could add to this, but I would go on and on for the whole 30 minutes, just spouting off different numbers and stuff. I think that gives us a good point, uh, starting point. I will tell you as a parent, and then I'd love to hear you guys. I've been sort of, I don't want to say not pro college. I had a wonderful college experience. I was in college from 96 to 2000. We went to UGA. Some of my best friends were from there. Grew a lot, learned a lot about life, got a degree. Basically, I was one of the lucky ones. My parents paid for my education. I did not come out of college with debt. It was one thing that my parents did for me. My my dad at that point had gotten to a point in his career where that was something they were able to do for both my brother and I, plus some in-state financial incentives and things like that that Georgia had at the time, the Hope Scholarship, things like that. So I got in four years. My parents said, you can stay in college as long as you like, but our contribution to this effort ends at the four-year mark, which pushed me to start thinking about a degree that wasn't necessarily what I thought I wanted to do with my life. In fact, three years later, I was a rookie firefighter, which did not need a college degree. So that was that was my life, right? At that point, three years later, I was I was a, I was a firefighter with a degree I didn't need to be a firefighter. But I got out and I got a degree in geography. Now, what was I going to do with geography? Well, I never thought I would do something with geography. It was literally the first class in sophomore year that I made an A in in college. I had busted my butt. I was this kid that had to sit in the hallways, put the extra four hours in, you know, read stuff in the library. I was always studying. I was a good, I was a good student, but I, but I struggled to get through. And when I made an A, I thought I'm not fighting this for two more years because I won't get out in four and my parents are not paying past that. They were very clear about that. So I picked geography as my major and I got it in four years. And I'll admit to you at 45, 23 years later, I literally thought, the world would open up to me and be like, Brian, come here, work here. No, no, come work here. No, please. UGA? Oh my God. What we can't, we've been waiting for you. And of course, the reality was it was crickets. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody cared that I had a that a degree. And it was a big let me down. But I didn't have student debt. I had credit card debt. I didn't have student debt. And that made that made that I could make pivots. Okay, okay. I'll shut up. I think you got there. You got we got your your experience. That's it. I'll Let me stop talk there. about return. What? Why is return on investment even a part of the conversation? It's because the cost of education in the United States for the person who's a student is way out of whack with what it provides in terms of higher income over a lifetime. What Brian said, wow, 288% return, that's going to be worthwhile over a lifetime. Well, not really. That's less than three times your money back over 50 plus years. It's a horrible financial investment. But there are countries where Students don't, and and the society doesn't have to worry about that. They educate their population as a collective approach. So I'm going to be labeled a socialist here. But let me say that it's an investment in the future of the country to provide the formative experiences of college on campuses where you bring that whole class cohort together and allow their social development and their intellectual development, their interpersonal development, all those things to benefit the society in the long term. 
here we say, okay, you're you're only going to be valuable to us if you pay for your education, and, and and it doesn't pay off, and that's the simple fact of it. So and here's another stat. Oh, there's another one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's, tuition it's ridiculously expensive, but it should be afforded. I, I'm pro college. I I think that it is the right way to take a whole new generation each four years and put them together in a crucible that's going to allow them to really develop into something that's going to be contributory to the society rather than isolated and, you know, uh, potentially uh, ruinous to society if you don't buy that. Because when you come out of high school at 18, roughly, uh, you know, I, I was even younger when I came out of high school. You're not ready to go into the workforce and be part of a working team. There are some things that you could do, but I'm sorry, that's just not enough preparation for humans. Humans are so sophisticated intellectually and so on, but only if, if and only if, they're presented with the enriching experiences that are required here. So let me, I, I do want to talk about the enriching experiences that are possible with college education on campus and remote if, if AI is allowed to be part of that process. But I just want to stop there and say, wow, why should it even be a question of dollars and cents? I agree. Okay, yeah. so I want to jump in here. Um, I, uh, I also, I, I went to college. Uh, I majored in theater, uh, not because it was my first day, but because it was the thing that I thought I could study for four years and still be interested because literally it was a new series of shows every semester yeah. um and if your kid wants to study theater like let them because uh what i really got out of that was i got offered every job that i interviewed for because it took me like half a second to figure out what the interviewer's objective was and then completely support them in that goal <laughs> that's awesome i turned down the ones that i could not do because uh like and i wasn't lying in my interviews we just really hit it off right I yeah. think I could work to do. Um, okay. Uh, in the Salesforce world, um, college degrees and tech in general, I believe, um, uh, college degrees are much less important. They're not required. You may still see them as a uh, as an eliminator when there are a ton of applications for an open position. That's an easy way to weed some stuff out. But experience and certification are really important. And there are some stories that I'm aware of, of like people getting certified as a Salesforce admin or as uh, a developer or platform app builder in high school. And there's actually a pilot program that Salesforce did too. Uh, so that then they went to college, but their Salesforce uh, freelance work was paying for college. So it's like half, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not Brian's parents, you're still paying for it, but you get to right. give yourself that experience. Um, you get work experience while they're doing it, you come out without debt, maybe you even made a little money. Uh, and you still get that formative college, right? Four years with people engaged in a learning experience. And and what I want to, uh, Jimmy, I know you, you I want to hear yours too, but what I want to throw into this too, because I want to make sure I'm being clear too, because I'm sure I, at the beginning, like it sounds, oh, it sounds like Brian's not for college. Not true. Actually, I want my daughter to have a college degree. However, I, I agree with Andy. I agree with a lot of people that I could also send her overseas and there's opportunities in places like Germany, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, where she can actually get a college degree for free. 
right? She, I can, that's possible, right? Also, what I want to say is not every kid, and AI is pushing this, which I love, which is not every kid needs to go to college to, to pursue their dreams to be happy. Do you know you could become a pilot? You do not need a college degree. It will cost you less to get that degree, to get a pilot certification. You will be flying in three years as a rookie uh, pilot, and you will be making twice the amount of the average income coming out of college after four, four years. So yep. if you have a child who's like, I don't know what I want to do. And you're like, here's a way that you can spend the next three years of life, seeing the world, learning a trade that you'll be able to use because AI is not flying planes anytime that we're aware of, right? It's good. There's going to be pilots for a while. Um, even if that's a, it's a more of an, you know, hybrid system over the years, we're talking decades. I'm not saying every kid should be a pilot, but I'm saying if they have an interest in, if they're not sure what they want to do, please don't just send them to a four-year degree to go figure it out. There's gap years. There's things that the Europeans have been doing forever that are that are really valuable that could help them perhaps figure out what it is they want to do. Because I agree, at 21, 22, I didn't know what I wanted to be in my life. I'm still not sure I know at 45. One of the things that I really thought was important was uh, this article by he's a VP at he's a VP Anish Raman at LinkedIn. And he said, and I love this, that the new thing to be is adaptable. That's the skill. That's the human skill. Be adaptable because 25% of what jobs, uh, LinkedIn data suggests that 25% of the skills required to perform jobs have changed over the past eight years. Just yeah. eight years, 25%. How are you supposed to come out of college at, at, in 2000 and still have the, have the same skill set that you're going to need at 45? It's not going to work. You're going to have to be adaptable. And I think when I look back at my career of, of many different things, the one thing I've had to be that sort of survived, helped me survive, is adaptability. I have a thousand percent agree with that. Okay, Jimmy, please, your, your thoughts on this. Well, uh, I'll, I'll give a little background. First of all is... Um, my personal experience has always been towards the non-traditional education, right? So a lot of self-taught, a lot of uh, on-the-job experience, things like that. And and I started in in on the tech side of things, just being a kid who loved computers. And I was, you know, I was definitely the the big nerd in school, in high school, and stuff like that. And so. Learning all of that, having a passion around something and you figure out and if you're lucky enough to figure out early and it clicks, college, the traditional college experience uh, or the college degree isn't that appealing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's sitting through these classes and things like that. And for me, it, it always was a, oh, I need to get this piece of paper so it checks a box when right. I go apply for a job or I try to join a large institution. And if you're also trying to work for the government in any form, state, federal, or, or whatnot, you or any large corporation, you, you just, you have to have that box checked. Uh, mm -hmm. And most of the time, they don't actually care what it is. It's great if it was relevant, but... Oh, it's like, do they have a college degree? Okay, cool. Because there's certain assumptions that come with that, right? right. And that kind of speaks towards um, what Andy was saying. And I agree, I got a lot out of my uh, college experience to get uh, to get my degree. But that was more for the socialization, 
more mm -hmm. for the networking, you know, and, and especially in creative fields, networking is, you know, it immensely helpful because it's, it's because in creative fields, it's, it's what you do and, and who, you know, so that you can, mm -hmm. you know, generate uh, more work or work on more projects and things like that. But so I guess my point, the roundabout point is that the, the actual thinking behind whether a degree is valuable versus what it costs to get, I don't, I don't think that's been in alignment for, for decades. I think um, pointing out that most businesses, uh, like you said, Beth, in, especially in tech, it's, it really is the actual, what you know, what the experience is. And, and, you know, I don't think there's any um, large tech firm that is bringing on, let's say, programmers who don't test their programming knowledge, right? They want to they they want to know. Oh, okay, you understand these concepts, and you can actually, you know, make an application or, or or whatnot. And so that seems to be what's more important. And so for AI now, I think that education and that kind of experience is is more available, right? It, it's more available to everyone. You AI has all of the knowledge that's available and can help you learn it, you know, and help you absorb it and all of those kinds of things. What is, what makes the college experience or what elements of the college experience um, is gonna make it worth uh, worth spending that money? And I, I don't think it's there. Um, now I think institutions, and this will probably be the next part, the next discussion part, but I think, I think current institutions should really take a hard look at what AI has to offer and how it can, how they can integrate AI into their curriculum or their process so that it becomes a, uh, a more valuable or, or at least, uh, closes the gap on the RI. Uh, on there, right? And well, we know that's the big the uh, the big opportunity here. I think if Robert were here, he would be talking about University of Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's part of the AI hub there. Princeton just announced that they've uh, that they're, uh, creating uh, the East Coast AI hub. Um, uh, in terms of tech, one of the one of the things that differentiated um, people who went to college or people really studied writing were developers who could write, right? Mm -hmm. So like that was a big thing, but AI can write for you, right? Like you can mm -hmm. actually just talk to it and then say, put this in, you know, like make this the field description or put this in the email to the boss. So there are those kinds of things that are really equalizing as well. And I think the, what I would say is that, and Nish points this out in the article, which I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I share as well. Um, it's just, it was, I saw it on uh, LinkedIn. Um, he's saying that, look, if nothing else, we know AI is probably going to open the world up more. There's more of a chance for our future education, our kids to be closely interacting and working potentially with people who do not speak the same language with them. I mean, currently right now I work with people who are in London, but we all speak English, but very soon that barrier of whether they speak English or not is going to come down. That wall will no longer be there. I will very easily in <laughs> Slack or in Zoom meetings or anything else, we know, because it kind of exists now, just not maybe not fast enough, but all of us could be speaking a different language right now, but it's 
possible that we could still be carrying on this show in the future. And so if that's a barrier that comes down, what he is pointing out, which I love is the adaptability, but it's the human skills. It's the soft skills that we keep hearing about. So what does the future education need to know? They need to know critical thinking skills. They need to know how to work in groups. They can't be isolated. If anything, AI is going to bring in a new wave of this communication and working together and really focusing on what makes humans great, which is our ability to adapt and, and come together and be more than one plus one equals two. Because you put some really great diverse people in a room and you come out with something that's one plus one equals seven, right? I mean, it's a multiplier. And if we know that AI is going to continue to help us with some of these previously you know, put up on the shelf gold standards of what knowledge is, and now AI can do that. Okay, what do we expect colleges to do? Well, they need to make money. So colleges are going to start offering more of these AIs, uh, the things. And I worry about this, these AI programs. Okay, but to do what? To be, to be a programmer? Sure. Okay. You know, to learn how to make AI models? Yeah, but that's a, like what we're talking about this, you know. So what are these programs going to be? And frankly, I don't trust the colleges out there to be looking out for the betterment of the student. I just see it as a way to get more bodies in the door, to take more money, to increase yeah. more student debt. The average student debt is over $40,000. Average is over $40,000. Mm -hmm. And I read that the true lifetime cost of a four-year degree, if you take on the average student debts, that could be closer to 500000 before it's all said and done. Right. So yeah. what are students supposed to do in their early 20s? Go to this, put, take on the student debt, Hope that something better is coming out. Live on their parents' uh, couch or in the room because the parents are going to take them back in, right, and say it's okay. They're, the average uh, 10-year loan is going to be something like $300. Now, maybe you can defer that. Maybe there's other things. But student debt's coming to call. And an average, if it was on a 10-year pace, it'd be over $300 a month. So how is that person supposed to now move on to get an apartment to put money down on a house to right. do any of these things that we now know they can't do if we're outpacing inflation by over 4%. And that's in the last 50 years. It's not like this. And it's growing. That's the other problem. We're not slowing down. We're actually getting worse. It's gotten considerably worse since I got out of college in 2000. And over the last 50 years, there's a huge trend to that. My, my take on this is like, what are we looking for our students, our, our children to do now, our, our next generation to do? My answer to this, and I would love to hear yours, is actually community. The first thing my daughter will do when, when that first thing, when she turns 16 and she's allowed to have a LinkedIn account, you bet your butt she's going to have a LinkedIn account. I will pay her minimum wage to sit on a computer, <laughs> put posts out, connect with people, maximize her 200 LinkedIn connection requests per week, and just sit at the computer and leave qualified comments on other people's posts. I swear to you, I'll pay her. I'll pay her to do it. I'll pay her. What what do you what can you get paid at? Minimum wage? Great. I will pay you to sit at the computer and do this. When she gets to a time to be able to sit and and get um uh <laughs> loans or not loans, but um uh grants and things like that for college, these one thousand dollar ones or whatever, I'll pay her minimum wage or whatever the going rate is at that time to sit at a computer and fill out applications. So that's you're me. you're in a position to do that, and I think that's that's an honorable approach. But most people aren't, uh, you know, economically situated to pay their I mean, children. Sitting at a computer for LinkedIn that is great. That they're sitting at a computer and, and building a network is great. For college. So, I mean, that's the problem. Uh, the, I want to jump quickly, though, to just a quick 
discussion of what does AI at college look like? What are the positives and what are the negatives? So the, the positives specifically are that, you know, you can create more interactive and engaging and immersive, maybe even gamified learning experiences among groups of students. And, and that would really change the knowledge transfer model, which is you sit here in the lecture or you watch a video and you absorb or try to remember and recall what it was that was told to you. That being told something is nearly as effective as learning it in the process of some interaction. Um, it, you, the, the other aspect is around assessments. So AI, interactions with an AI coach that you're using while you go through college could provide immediate and frequent feedback, identify gaps in your, your learning and guide you where you need to pick things up. So that's not possible on the one-to-many model of lectures, but it is possible when you have a coach that's assisting you, interacting with you frequently. And so it can also do ongoing adaptations to the delivery of information based on what it assesses your capabilities are. So that's very, very important. Um, that, that's all self-service. The student can do that by themselves. And that doesn't require being on campus. So why do we need to be on campus anymore if you can do that kind of enriched experience with other people online? It's like right now, you're seeing people and you're hearing what other people think. That That's all. That, well, the big, the big issue is the risk to social development, which is what we've been talking about. Yeah. When you when you reduce in-person learning, you lose that diversity of opinion and understanding that other people have a different point of view, uh, and, and that triggers a, a, a different way of, of learning. There's that's kind of like an absence of modeling uh, the the uh, and, and being able to identify with other people who are like you, but also people who are unlike you, and trying to understand well, how do I navigate this environment where there's so much so much of a range of opinions, political, intellectual, etc. Mm -hmm. Teamwork skills, like how do you work with other people if you're never provided that opportunity? Uh, oh, Beth reminds me that, you know, she studies improv. Well, yeah. Beth's very skillful at, at extraneous speaking. Like if I asked <laughs> Beth to just you know, expound upon something, she can do it. Not every student can do that. Why? How did she get there? She learned drama, theater, improv, alongside doing a lot of knowledge development in lots of different subjects. And now she's a technical expert. I consult with her on, on technical matters. Uh, and, and I hope that she'll deliver it with some interesting, you know, manner <laughs> that's, you know, come from improvisational thinking. So anyway. Personal networks, you mentioned, Ryan, you know, that, that network part of it, or it was you, Junmi, you mentioned about developing personal networks. That seems to be important in, de in developing a career over a lifetime. Some people have to develop this idea that you have something to offer. How do you get that when you're purely online or on LinkedIn? I'm a little worried about that vision of somebody using AI to develop content on LinkedIn and they create an impression on LinkedIn and a series of connections on LinkedIn that are in, in some ways devoid of actual interaction skill. Because it's all, you know, there's not a lot of real time interaction on LinkedIn. 
So anyway, True. that's that. What, what I what I would say I to this, Andy, is because I think you would agree with this. I think you'll agree with this, Andy. Okay, there is a twenty-year-old that you see posting on LinkedIn, and they happen to to want to know or do something. They they would see you as a mentor. Okay, like you've you've done something in your career that maybe this twenty-year-old is now, and now they start interacting with your posts and stuff. I'm guessing because I'm this way too. I think a lot of adults who have seen a few things, right? I'm, I'm, I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 40s, right? I've seen a few things, but I'm certainly not, you know, the old, wise, you know, whatever. But, you know, I know what I know, right? I, I can offer what I can offer at this point in my life. Anytime I've seen like sort of that go-getter, that 20-year-old, that young person on there, or even sub-20, like 18, 19 on LinkedIn, who is actively there trying to share what they know or engage or whatever, the community seems to come around them and says, hey, you're all right. You look like you're trying to get ahead and learn and figure this stuff out. Why don't you come up to where I am and you can intern at my office? I've seen these conversations happen. I'm not saying LinkedIn's the only way to do this. There's certainly other networks and other ways to do it. My point is to this is that I believe that in general, adults, people who have been through the ringer or whatever, like to put their arm around the younger generation and say, Hey, if you're willing, if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing to come learn and just stand and listen and watch or stand up at this stage and take your shot at this improv or whatever, I'm willing to give you my time. And more times than not, a lot of that is free. It's just the ability to go do that. So to me, yes, I agree. College was a huge part of my social upbringing. I learned a lot. How do, how people disagree with me? I wasn't the center of the universe. How diversified, you know, all the stuff that comes with college, and and you know, having friends that had you know all sorts of different opinions about life, you know, than I did in my little bubble of how I grew up. But that was massively important, more important than when I was a firefighter. I would say being a firefighter for me personally and being in that firehouse was was its own college education. And then and again, and I racked it again and again and again, right? You, I've had multiple college educations throughout my career where I've been put in situations where it was like, you better figure out how to adapt and, and have conversations with people that are not like you or not, don't have the same background as you because that's what it takes. So I guess I'm looking for more opportunities for kids to have those experiences so that maybe they don't feel like the only way they can get that is on a college campus. Because the fact of the matter is, if you have a student today who's like, I'd like to be this, and it takes a doctorate to do it, you could get an internship, work with somebody, take those classes online and all that. The doctorate in less money than it would traditionally cost at $108,000 for the average to go on campus, live there, books, all that kind of stuff. A doctorate. For four years. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get. You're not going to be done in four years, more likely. But I have my no, no, my no. Your money was four years. Oh, yeah, exactly. There are certain doctors that don't apply there. I mean, I, I, I would, be, of course, I'd be a little worried going to the hospital if you yes. know the doctor. Not all doctors. There's certain not all that are required in person, like cadaver. You know, experiences are yeah. not going to be delivered in an internship, right? You're going to have to go to an academy for that. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting that there's not. I'm just suggesting there's alternate paths that are that are I well agree. outside. I, I'm not, I, it's, it's a mild feedback. Right? I, I urge the LinkedIn experience, experiment if its purpose is to get to a real work experience with live people. Of course. If that's the objective of it, that's great. But if it's going to be an all online kind of thing, I'm worried about that for society. 
Heck, I'd pay Brian, seven, whatever it is, $17 an hour for me to go on LinkedIn for an hour every day. <laughs> right? Like, like there that, is incentive. People pay me a lot more than that per hour to do that for them. I can't tell you how many CEOs or CXOs I do that for. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a that's people are busy and um, people pay handsomely for that uh, that and that's true that's true. Look, I mean it's it's work, right? I mean no matter how it is, sitting at the computer or whatever. And I agree, not everybody is in the financial position. Hell, I my daughter will. I mean, depending on what she wants to do, maybe she'll get a full ride somewhere. Maybe she'll have some sort of other opportunity. I don't know. I think to, I look at my daughter. Of course, it's one. It's a study of one. You know, n equals one in this case, but. You know, I look at a child like that and I go, I don't know that some big, massive campus with 30,000 is going to be her thing. It might be a smaller ordeal just because of who she is and stuff. Also, I don't know that she'll have it figured out. Also, I don't even know if this is a kid that'll do the traditional high school run. She might be the kid that does the like homeschooling at home high school and has two years, has her associate's degree before she leaves high school. And I'm seeing that more and more and more. And I think AI, is a, AI has a huge part to play in the future of that. Because Andy, you kind of said it. Hey, if I can sit in a virtual classroom, okay, it's not the it's not the in-person experience. I get that. But if I could sit in a virtual classroom and learn from the best instructor in this particular field from anywhere in the world, from Cambridge, right? And they're there with me and I can learn from them. If the idea of going to college is to learn from the best and the brightest and help you understand and open up your mind to concepts, but I can do that from anywhere through AR, VR, AI, whatever, and I can supplement through local events, things that I'm doing, whatever, to get that social aspect of it, internships to get that social aspect of it. Isn't that solving the idea of why you would need to be on campus to do a four-year degree, I, to, to me, it's just it's, no. It, it doesn't solve it because the you know the older generation arm around the younger generation model doesn't give you a sense of community and and identity with a new generation. It doesn't. That just imagine all these huge numbers of students who are being their homes, right? They don't have enough income to go buy their own place. They're going to be back at home now, and they're going to be finding an, a work internship where they're going into a, a whole different generation, and that's their only model. I, I'm just worried about that. I think the – I'm, I'm pro-college, as I said at the outset. I benefited from that dramatically. I think that's, that's you know, for my generation, that was the only way. There yeah. was an alternative blending those two together, but providing the community experience, at least in community colleges, right, for free, if you can't afford it, that's essential to our future. I, I have I have one thing, and, and it's, I guess, on the pro-college side. And this, this has less to do with how AI uh, can affect the college experience. But I think this is an inherent... Um, a, in, uh, an inherent positive of going to college. And we've talked about the social aspects and things like that. And we know financially it's, it's, it's a pit. But the big thing that uh, high school kids going into college, at least for you know four years or more, is it is a safe environment to experiment, right? So in, in some industries, um, 
if you you'll learn more and faster by doing it and being out there but if you make a mistake it will hurt you more so if you need an environment to help you get through those growing pains of experience and learning of a subject then that's that's what college really gives you is it gives you a a platform an area an environment that allows you to make those mistakes and go oh okay well if i was on the job i'd get fired for doing that Let, let's uh, reassess and learn what i need to learn so that i don't make that mistake out there in the real world so i think that's if, if anything that's the that's the one key thing uh, i think is a, a good takeaway for on the pro college side I, I agree. I would say, how do you do that? I mean, there's many ways, but like the, the question I'll always come back to is what are our creative ability, our creative um, choices to do that without going back to one of the first stats, which is the negative 41% ROI oh, in yeah. the first 10 to 15 years. Yeah. How do you do that without sinking somebody? Cause I agree with you. I, I had a wonderful college experience and I did make a whole lot of mistakes that were, I was somewhat protected from. Um, I a thousand percent agree with that, but I also don't want to project my experience to my daughter and say, well, you'll have the same experience I did. That was my experience. It was my wife's experience too. other people I know, my friends, but that doesn't mean that it'd be my daughter's in 2028 or whatever it is when she goes 20, 2028, something like that, when she would first be entering college. Um, so how do we make sure that our generation has what Andy's saying, which is, they need to be around their own ages, their own generation. They need to learn together, not necessarily be with generations that are with me, a whole bunch of me's around, right? I, they need to learn and, and grow within their own thing because we need that. But do it in a way that doesn't, you know, uh, result in such, uh, you know, I want to use the right words here, such a restriction on them that they, a burden, that they can't pivot, they can't come up with new ideas. They can't decide that they want to be somebody right. different at 21 or 22, like I did. And then 28 and then 30 and then 35, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like that, if you have that burden, Beth, bring us home. We expect them to do so, anything great. So I'm going to say two things. Sure. Um, uh, I'm going to say three things. AI can teach you content knowledge. You do not have to pay giant amounts of money for that. Mm -hmm. You should find mentors who are doing what you want to do. You should find a bunch of them and talk to them to get some guidance about what's possible, what they experience, what they would do now today if, uh, and, and this is not gonna surprise anybody, has nothing to do with AI, but if you want to uh, work your collaboration muscles and uh, become a flexible group participator, find your local improv theater and take some classes. Uh, it will be fun. You will meet people your age if you're uh, under 30. And sometimes you'll meet crazy people like me. Um, and, uh, and it's a great way to have fun while building those muscles. Yeah. Was that three? Was that two? Three? Learn through AI, right? Have it teach you what you want to know. Get a mentor. Take an improv class. There it is. Okay. I thought I missed one. Um, well, I know we're, 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 we're 
past, you know, we're at the 40 mile. I didn't feel this when we go back. Well, look, we've had a lot of um, comments too, and I've sort of been reading these on this side. I don't, obviously, we can't get all of it, but thank you. Whoever, we can't see your name, unfortunately, here, just says LinkedIn user, but thank you for all your comments on here. Um, uh, you know, uh, all classes are not safe. You know, yeah, a lot, a lot of great comments in there. So um, we'll do our best to sort of respond back as we, as we can. Um, on LinkedIn where that comment came through and stuff like that. But thank you uh, for joining us. Um, this has been fun. I hope we have opportunity to keep coming back to education over and over again, because I think, you know, there's so much more here to unpack. Um, I, I'm obviously invested in it as a, as a parent, but also just, this is something I care deeply about. And um, I, I'd love to find better solutions than mountains of student debt um, and burdens mm -hmm. on, on uh, basically children um, that dictate what they can do for the next, 15, 20, 30 years of their life. You know, that's, that it shouldn't be that way. Um, tomorrow, different topic. It's our uh, 100th episode. So <laughs> there it is. That's got it. Um, so that will be much lighter, um, but it'll be still a great conversation. We're hoping to have the whole, all seven of us here. Um, people are busy, obviously with the holidays to be expected, um, but hopefully we'll have all seven of us uh, tomorrow so we can celebrate. We'll be talking about um, our favorite episodes, maybe our not so favorite episodes, some of our favorite conversations that have popped up, things we've learned, I don't know, whatever comes up. Uh, so join us tomorrow as we look back on the first hundred episodes. We're just getting started and uh, it should be a lot of fun. So thank you guys. Appreciate the conversation. Appreciate hey, and, all the insight. And thank you, Erica Harris. Erica Harris was our commenter. Uh, oh, thank and, you. And Thanks, Erica. You. Thank you. Thank you, Erica. I, I have, I've read all your comments and thank you. I really do appreciate you uh, adding all that um, and helping us out along this conversation. Um, okay, that's it. We will uh, see you guys um, tomorrow. See ya. Aloha. <laughs>